Ion 2020, episode 114. So you guys know how I love featuring people that are doing real things to move liberty forward, right? Well, check out this show that I found. It's with Matt and Nick. These are real guys. These are, I think they work at a Subaru dealership is what I heard, right? And Matt is an Iraq war veteran and he's also an ex-convict. And what they do is they talk about history, current events, politics, economics. Their most recent show was about gun rights and not moving an inch on our gun rights. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, Matt really gets deep into a lot of this stuff, which is excellent. I love the way that he talked about it. And I think you guys should definitely check out that show. It is called The Status Quo. And if you don't like the name, I love the name because you know how I've been talking about lately challenging people's status quo. Well, they're talking about challenging people's status quo because most people, they do believe in the state, right? And these guys, they're just doing an excellent show. They do one show a week, and it's just absolutely wonderful to listen to. These guys are doing something for liberty, and they are getting a message out there, and I think it's something that, you know, with Matt being an Iraq War veteran, they're talking a lot about anti-war issues and stuff, and I thought it was just phenomenal listening to that. So I think you guys should check that one out, all right? That's called The Status Quo. Have 2020 Vision with Eye on 2020, the podcast that brings you all the news and events in the lead-up to the next presidential election. I am Ray Eaton, and I will keep you up to date as we approach November 2020 with a libertarian perspective of all the candidates and their policies, along with the news. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's clear our vision. What's up, everybody? Ray Eaton here, your host of Ion 2020. And when I say what's up, everybody, I am not naive to believe that everybody in the world is listening to my show, obviously. But you know what? You guys continue to stand by me as we get to the point where everybody is listening, right? So I appreciate you listening to the show, and I appreciate you coming back from listening to the show yesterday, and now you must have subscribed yesterday when I told you to, right? So that's why you're listening today, so that you can hear this show and get a little bit more knowledge about liberty and the libertarian ideals, and also some of the candidates and the things that they're talking about, the things that they are talking about on the campaign trail. And I'm giving you guys a nice libertarian look, a libertarian perspective of the candidates and their policies. So not only can you get into the voting booth if you vote and have an informed decision, but also if you don't vote, or if you just want to have you know, a little bit more knowledge, you're able to have that as well. So uh I appreciate that as well. I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, see the listenership going up every single day, and uh, I really do appreciate that. Hey, guys, have you given a listen to The Culinary Libertarian? That's Dan Reed, The Culinary Libertarian. That's a great show that I was talking about last week. And also uh, give a show to or give a listen to uh, Cannabis Heals Me as well. Rachel has a great show over there. Uh, give those two a listen. I highly recommend them both. Cannabis Heals Me, like I said yesterday, is just about uh, putting out ideas to kind of end the stigma around marijuana use because there are a lot of healing properties for 
marijuana and also the culinary libertarian Dan Reed talks about a lot of things with regards to the food because he's a chef right but also you know brings some libertarian perspectives to you as well he says the philosophy is free so go ahead and give those two got to uh listen and uh then also if you have not subscribed to the show yet if you're a first-time listener go ahead and subscribe to the show you'll hear this show tomorrow so uh so you can be more well-informed about the 2020 elections. You know I've been going a little bit on a tangent lately about more of a call to an action, like call to action for you guys, right? I've been doing that. And the reason why I've been kind of moving in that direction is because I really do think that we as libertarians, we have a message that can resonate with people. We have a message that as the world becomes more statist, as the world becomes, you know, as, as the federal government becomes more and more powerful, our message is going to resonate. I've always said this, in 1999, when I became a libertarian, you never heard anyone talking about libertarian, libertarianism, libertarian ideas. If someone read Ayn Rand, you were like, whoa, I was like, whoa. Look at that person. They that's crazy. You know, you know who Ayn Rand is as well. Like you never heard people talk about that stuff. Everyone had their different philosophies in college and stuff, but there was very few libertarians when I was in college back then. And to me, we are living in a time where there is just information out there. We have so much information out there to share with people. We have so many different voices in this movement. And I've been trying to find more and more podcasts to feature on my show and talk about on my show in order to let you guys see that there's other people out there that are spreading this message of liberty as well. And that's why I've been seeking out different podcasters. But also I want to find other people that are doing things, just regular old people, you know, that might be doing things in their community, that might be out there just talking about liberty to your friends. If you have a story about you went to a family gathering or a gathering with a group of friends and you were able to express the message of liberty to them and get them to kind of change their views or maybe even just challenge their status quo. If you did that, I'd love to hear about it. I'll talk about it on my show. And if you want to email me, you can do that as ray at ionleempire.com. And there you can just share your story with me, share your message with me, just give me an idea of what you did, and then I'll talk about it on the show, because I think it's very important that we just gather together as a people, gather together as a group, and just get this message out there. Or we can just sit back and do nothing, right? Or we can just sit back and talk amongst each other in our, in our chat groups on Facebook, and on Twitter, and wherever else, on Reddit. We can just be the ones that preach to the choir, or we can get out there and make a difference, make a passionate, convicted, um, you know, speech to people about the message of liberty. I don't know, you don't have to give a speech by any means, but you know what I'm saying. Get out there and just be a a lighthouse, you know, that that's shining that message of liberty everywhere, per se. That sounds kind of corny, so I apologize, but you know what I mean. Just be the person that's talking about liberty constantly. With your friends. Now you can't just get out there and start talking about the non-aggression principle to everybody that you see. You can't get out there and start saying that the government needs to get out of everything and that 
you know, we need to have private roads and private military and all that. You don't need to get out there and start talking about that right off the bat. Because you guys know this. I don't know, I don't know a single person that started off as a Rothbardian libertarian. I don't know a single person that started off as a voluntarist or an anarcho-capitalist. Never met one. Never met anybody like that. Nobody. They all started off somewhere. They all started off from the left, from the right. They started off somewhere in the middle. They had a they had views like for example Tom Woods always talks about how he was more of a conservative than become a paleoconservative and then he ultimately became a libertarian in the 90s and people always talk about Tom Woods in a bad way and they bring up these messages that he talked like these speeches that he might have gave in 1996 and he always says yeah before I was a libertarian I was a really bad libertarian that's true and there's other people that started off from different perspectives. There's people that start off from the left, and then they move towards the libertarian movement. So everyone has a starting point. Everyone has that place that they started at. Remember where you were at and talk from that standpoint as well. You can do that. But you can't start talking about right off the bat. You can't say, we need to privatize the military and this is how. Because those are all ide- ideologies that might turn people off. Yeah, we want to remain consistent in our message. We want to be the type that we don't back down, but we could also present the message in a way that people will listen and not shut down from the very beginning. If you go and tell someone that we're going to privatize the military because it would be better for the world, they're immediately going to shut down because people are patriotic, guys. And the one thing that we've been taught our entire life is respect the military and the military personnel, which is true. We should respect them in that way, in some sense, right? But we don't need to agree with the policies that the military pursues from the federal level because a lot of that is politics. A lot of that is just politicians trying to have an aggressive foreign policy because it's politically expedient for them to do that. But the military personnel, we can respect them in that way, obviously. But people are patriotic. People are very patriotic. So you have to slowly get them to question things. And the best way to do that is to get them talking. I'm a salesperson, so every day in my daily job, what I do is I get out there and I'm getting customers to challenge their, or I'm challenging their status quo. Because the hardest thing to sell against is someone's status quo, what they're currently doing. They're comfortable with it. They feel happy with what they're doing. They feel happy with the life that they're leading right now. They feel happy with the political leaders that they have. They do. Generally, if they come to a conclusion that patriotism is great, and they're going to honor their flag and salute it and do all that. And they're a Republican. And they say America first. And they believe in Donald Trump and what he's doing. That's something that they've come to a terms with that. And they believe that stuff, right? But we can challenge their status quo. How do you do it? 
a lot of times the best thing to do is just get them talking about what they believe and why they believe it. And then you can put together a good, you know, a good presentation per se. That's what we do in sales. We give a presentation of why maybe, why what they believe and what they already have decided is maybe something they can question. So our job is not to get out there and just start laying down some Rothbard to him right off the bat. Hand him a a book called The Anatomy of the State and say, read this and I'll come back and talk to you later. That's not going to work. What works is getting them to question their current status quo, question the reason why they believe the certain things that they do. Why they would believe that the state is better to go, or you know, a limited government can be unlimited overseas, and why that's wrong. Why having military intervention all over the world leads to unintended consequences like 9-11 and other terrorist acts that are going on around the world today. Why when you say let's raise the taxes on the rich, there's unintended consequences with that as well that lead to less economic prosperity for everybody because the government does not spend that money in a reasonable way, in a responsible way. But when it's left in private hands, that's the best use of that capital. How do you change a left, someone on the left, how do you change their mind? I don't know. Everyone has a different reason why they believe what they believe. So your job is to figure that out. So that that's my pitch to you today is get out there and just talk to people if that's if that's what you want to do. Or just talk to your family and friends or blog or do something, right? But, I, but Ron Paul always said it, and you guys heard me say this before, just do something. Figure out what your niche is and do it. And you will be able to bring people to the message of liberty. And that's what I've... So when I said that I'm going to start the, using this as a call to action podcast, I'm not going to go completely in that direction. I still want to bring you guys as much information about the news and the policies and the events that are going on with the 2020 election. And the reason why is because it's interesting. It'll actually bring more people to the podcast as well who might be coming at it from the left standpoint or from the right standpoint that might still have this belief in foreign aggression, foreign interference that might, you know, be listening. They're a Bernie Sanders supporter or something. If you are, that's great. Keep on listening because hopefully I'm challenging your status quo a little bit every single day as well. So I've been doing this Monday through Friday and I'm going to continue to do it Monday through Friday. And I'm still going to be bringing you guys lots and lots of news. So I appreciate that you come out and listen. Go ahead if you can subscribe to the show and then give me a five-star rating and review. That would be very helpful. And uh, I'm at IamTheEmpire.com. You can also check me out, I on the Empire with Facebook and Twitter. And then, like I said earlier, email me your story. Email me something that you're doing. That's Ray at IamTheEmpire.com. And I will talk about it on the show most likely because that's what I'm trying to do is inspire people to act. Just inspire people to act. You can talk to 10 people, and those 10 people can talk to 5 people when they become convinced. And those 5 people can talk to 10 more people, and so on down the road, until everybody 
across our country believes in liberty. And then when I say, when I say, hey everybody, this is Ray Eaton, your host of Ion 2020. When I say that, when I say, hey everybody, I really am talking to everybody. That would be amazing, right? So anyway, uh, let me move on. So Iowa, you guys have heard me say this before. What's really important right now is what's happening in Iowa, right? And the reason why is because Iowa is going to be determine who's going to drop out between Iowa and New Hampshire. People are going to drop out of the race. They're the first poll that happens for the 2020 race in January. They start having like these little straw polls at these, you know, these summertime gatherings that they have. They have these festivals and these carnivals and all that stuff all over the country or all over the state. I mean, all over Iowa. And they start doing these little straw polls. I think there's one that's like the Iowa straw poll that happens in August. Maybe I can't remember exactly when it is, but Iowa is what's important because that's going to be the barometer to see who is going to start getting traction in 2020. Right now, the the most recent poll that was done is from the Iowa Democratic uh, the poll that was done for the Des Moines Register and CNN. They were the sponsors of it. As yes, it's Ann Seltzer. She's the person that uh, works for the Des Moines Register. And she did a poll, and it came out that 24% are going to vote for Joe Biden in the, in the uh, caucus that happens in January. That's what they're saying. 24%. At one point, it was like 38%. So he is down big time. And he does not have the major, what would you call it, the, the excitement. The people that are going to vote for him, he's not the exciting candidate to them, is what they're saying which to me is very interesting. He is not the exciting candidate. And obviously that's true. He's the safe candidate. The safe candidate is never the exciting candidate. He's not the one that's challenging people's ideas. He's not the one that's coming up with new proposals, new policy proposals every single week. That's not Joe Biden. He's the safe choice. He's the, let's return to Barack Obama. Let's get rid of Donald Trump. I'm the one that can win. That's me, Joe Biden. I could win. Look at me. But he's getting 24% in Iowa right now. That's a high number, especially when there's 22 or 23 other candidates that are running right now. And the people that are doing these polls, supposedly they're having a hard time keeping people on the phone because there's 23 people that they have to talk about. But Joe Biden is, is that guy right now, 24%, but he's going down. He's losing a lot of people right now. And that's because there's so many other people in the race. And there's other people that are getting people more excited about this election. And I don't know that Joe Biden is out there campaigning hard right now in in uh, Iowa right now. I don't think he is. I know he was over in New Hampshire over the weekend. And then there was some kind of like a, a pride festival in Iowa over the weekend and a lot of the news articles that I saw said that these candidates are over there. You know, several of them, quite a few, over half of them were in these at this Pride Festival pandering to that particular interest group, right? Making sure that those people know that they are for gay rights and so forth. Isn't everyone for gay rights nowadays? Except for like a major Christian conservative person? 
But like, I think even the Republicans are for gay rights nowadays, right? Libertarians have always been for gay rights. Libertarians have always been for, it doesn't matter what you are. You know, if you choose to be, or not choose to be, but if you, you know, are gay, that's fine. And they, they've they been for gay marriage from the very beginning as well, because they, because libertarians don't think that they should even be involved in marriage in the first place. So anyway, all of them were at the, the gay pride festival over the weekend. And uh, so they're all trying to pander to that particular constituency along with every other constituency that they can find, obviously. So then the next three people on the list, so at behind Joe Biden was, um, you had Pete Buttigieg, you had Bernie Sanders, and you have Elizabeth Warren. Those three, they are at a near statistical tie right now. Buttigieg, 14%. Did I not say that he's the sleeper in this? Did I not say that he's the guy to beat? And the reason why I say this is because when he talks, people listen. He has that same charisma that Barack Obama had. He's a mayor, though, so people might not be confident in him going forward. So if it comes down to Pete Buttigieg and Joe Biden, Joe Biden is definitely that choice because he is already part of the establishment, and that'll help him a lot. Bernie Sanders, definitely not the establishment guy. They hate him. The establishment hates Bernie Sanders. He is the grassroots campaigner. He has 16%. And then you have Elizabeth Warren, who has 15% right now. So those those three statistical tie. The not sures are at 6%. Not sure who is going to be, who their choice is. 6%. And then Kamala Harris at 7%. So she must start be starting to get some name recognition. Maybe she's campaigning pretty hard over there. Kamala Harris, she is the prosecutor from California. I've heard I read some of her tweets over the weekend, and she was like, "We need to prosecute this president. We not prosecute him in the, that way, but we need to put a case together against the president." So she's coming at it from, "I am the person to." beat Donald Trump because I'm going to put together a case. I was a prosecutor in California. I prosecuted those that were criminals and I can prosecute Donald Trump to get him out of office. That's what she's trying to say. I don't think that she has a lot of clout though. I don't know that she's going to be the one. I really don't. She might do well in New Hampshire. I don't think so though. I think New Hampshire typically goes pretty evenly for like a safer choice. Someone that's more like a Joe Biden, but they might end up going for, for like, um, Bernie Sanders. Who knows? It's hard to tell. It really is hard to tell. So going forward, I just, so you have all these people on this list. You have like Andrew Wang getting what, getting, uh, or Andrew Yang, he's getting 1%. You have none of these getting 6%. That's pretty funny. You have Beto O'Rourke gets 2%. He was like number two or number three in Iowa a little while ago. He is in a free fall. And if you listen to him talk, you understand why. He is not charismatic whatsoever. I think I did a, I did a show on him a couple days ago as well. Uh, but that's interesting to know. I, but like I said, Iowa is the place that's going to determine who's going to go away after that. 
I mean, that, people are going to start falling off towards the middle of summer. After all these debates are over, you're going to start seeing people f- dropping out anyway. These people aren't going to have the money to go forward or anything. Tulsi Gabbard, 1%. John Delaney, 1%. Cory Booker, 1%. Michael Bennett, 1%. Amy Klobuchar, she has uh, 2%. She was expecting to do well in Iowa because she's so her state is so close that she's, you know, the state that she's from is so close to Iowa. But, and she has some re- name recognition there, but she's not doing well at all. But, you know, it's the beginning of the summer. Who knows what's going to happen? All these candidates are going to be out there just campaigning as hard as they can for the next six months there. So we'll see. But anyway, that's, I just wanted to let you guys know what was going on with those polls. Iowa is the barometer to see what happens going forward. And Joe Biden is, that, that's the thing that's telling to me, is that Joe Biden is losing support fast. And uh, Bernie Sanders has kind of hit a ceiling. And Pete Buttigieg, man, in fourth place, statistical tie with Elizabeth Warren, though. That's pretty impressive. So um, anyway, guys, I appreciate you listening. I really do. Keep on getting out there and talking up the message of liberty. That's your call to action here every single day is get out there and tell your friends about liberty because the only way we're going to change this country, the only way we're going to change the candidates that come out there, the ones that are just promising the world, you have the socialist revolution going on right now, we need to get this revolution for libertarianism back. We do, and we can do that by getting out there and just talking about it. Get out there and let your friends know that the state cannot be trusted. All these candidates that are promising more and more and stuff, they're promising it from a broke government that is $22 trillion in debt. That's what they're doing. And people believe that. They believe that this government can provide all that stuff if we just tax the wealthy at 1% of their wealth over $50 million. If we just do that, we can provide all this stuff. That's not true. That money will go right into the black hole called the treasury and spit out in terrible roads, huge bureaucracies, and a military budget. That's all it's going to go to. And that's it. So get out there and tell your friends about this message of liberty, and I'll be here tomorrow keeping your eyes clear for 2020.